walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. Hello, how's everyone doing? This is Stephen Shock on the Shock Factor podcast, joined by my friends Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Jake, Jordan, how we doing? Uh, Lil Wayne once said it, Steve, quote, I feel big. You know what I mean? Not big in the sense of weight, but like colossal. And that is how I feel today, because I am ready to talk about the smallest, big and biggest conference in the Power Five. It is time to get into the Big 12. We began with the ACC contemplating uh, how many people in the Atlantic Coast Conference have never seen the Atlantic Ocean. Is there some sort of um, comparison we can make here? I don't know exactly what the equivalent of that would be for the Big 12, um, but I'm sure we could come up with something. How many of the players in this conference remember the Alamo? <laughs> don't you don't you damn forget it. All right. It's it's kind of just one of those things. It's like the pledge of allegiance there, right? Like you say well, before school. I would say like so th- I think a lot, most of the people in this conference have heard the phrase, remember the Alamo, but I would say that a low percentage know that the battle of the Alamo, what it exactly was, right? And we say, remember the Alamo, but all we remember is to remember the Alamo. We don't actually remember the Alamo. Anyway, you get my point. There are nine teams, uh, nine baseball teams in the big 12, which is one of my favorite idiotic uh, counting things that we have. There are 10 teams in this conference. One of them, uh, Iowa State, hates baseball and fun, and therefore they do not have a team. So there will be nine teams that we will be talking about today. Steve, when you think about this conference, when you think about the Big 12, a conference that you did not play in, what Mm. comes to your mind? I I just don't know if I can trust them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the point? They say you go to them and you say, hey, I'd like to play baseball against you and you're the Big 12, right? And then nine guys show up. Mm. Where's the other three? What's being hidden from me? The only thing we know about baseball is that you only need nine. Yeah, I I get that. But if it's something that's Googleable and you're going to lie about it, what else are you going to lie about? Mm. Huh? Right. You're what else are you not telling me? The the brash level of, yeah, it's not 12, but I'm going to keep saying it's 12. It's going to say 12 on our uniforms, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right? They yeah, haven't changed a, the Big 12 logo to reflect that. It's just, it, it's who do you think you are that you can just keep getting? We've let them get away with it for ages and decades, probably. And they're going to lie to us. They're good at baseball, though. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give them that. Very good at baseball. Um, but the lying, it has to stop. We okay. got to be more honest with our names. Um, so you would I'm prefer, Steve. do you want to refer to the refer? Do you want to call this conference the big nine for the rest of today? Yeah. But next year, if we record this same episode, there's potential it'll be the big seven. So no big seven minus two plus four so, math, math. Here's, here's it'll my be the big nine again. Here's my Never question mind. for you, Steve. Um, you seem to be particularly offended by the notion of calling yourself Big 12 when there are indeed nine. 
But I just hope you're prepared when we do the Big Ten preview and we're talking about 13 teams. But it seems like you have the issue <laughs> that it's that you are promising more than what you have versus actually promising less than what you have in the case of Big Ten baseball. Which, again, I'm just making sure you're prepared for that conversation. I, I am because here, listen to this. I'll Spoiler, I was saving it for them, but I'll say it now. <laughs> If you go to McDonald's and you order a big 12 McNugget. I, this is great. And they I give already you nine, agree with you. Yes. They <laughs> give you nine and say, hey, what the hell is this? They give you 13. When you order a 10-piece, I'm getting out of there before the employee can get in the car and <laughs> get them a, back. You it's know? the best day, best day that's ever happened to you, right? I mean, Yeah, we're, it's, we're oh, it's Christmas on whatever day this is, you know? So that's that lie I'm okay with because it's a lie that, that benefits you in the end under promise and over deliver while the big nine is over promising and under delivering. And so let's get into who these teams are. Jordan Schusterman, could you take us through the big nine, the teams that made the regional, the teams that made the world series and everybody else who's ranked to start the year? Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned oh, over promise under deliver or, or, the, or the reverse, I mean, this is still, as, as Steve said, we got some quality, quality baseball going on in the old Big 12. All right, so let's talk about these nine baseball teams. Not 12, just nine. And five of them were in a regional last year. That's Oklahoma State. That's TCU. That's Texas Tech. That's Oklahoma. And that is Texas. Those last two were also in the Swirled Series in Omaha. There are four other teams that did not make the regional last year. That's West Virginia. That's Kansas. That's Kansas State. And that is the Baylor Bears. Those are your nine um, Big 12 teams, three of which are in the preseason top 25 on D1Baseball.com. That's the website that this podcast is made for. Oklahoma State comes in at number nine, TCU at 15, and Texas Tech at 24. So immediately what jumps out to me about as we you know talk about the biggest storylines coming into the season is that the two teams that were the two Big 12 teams that were in Omaha last year are not in the preseason top 25. Um, but also, uh, we still have some three other very good teams and entertaining teams, certainly in Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas Tech in the top 25. So where would we like to begin? I, I feel like that's a good place to start, right? Texas and Oklahoma are going to look extremely different this year. Uh, and also, in a few years, we will not be talking about them on the Big 12 Preview Podcast. So which now that I think is still a couple years away. My understanding was... The move to the SEC was originally supposed to happen in July 2025. It sounds like now that's more likely to happen in July 2024. I know sometimes when teams leave conferences or are planning and announcing that they're leaving conferences, that they're no longer eligible for the conference tournaments and stuff like that. I don't believe that affects uh, Texas or Oklahoma this year, but perhaps in the next couple of years. But that is a weird backdrop to this and something I think we're all trying to get our head around is all the conference realignment in Texas, Oklahoma possibly leaving. But let's focus on 2020. 23 and who the hell is on left on these Texas and Oklahoma teams because Steve we saw these teams in Omaha but a lot of these guys that we got to talk to you know the Cade Hortons you know Peyton Graham Ivan Melendez those homies are off playing something called professional baseball and I, I don't boo. know I'm gonna miss them boo. Boo. <laughs> let me talk about you more you know but it, it's always an interesting thing because you know when you get ranked lower as a team that made it to Omaha last year, all that really says about you is that you had a lot of returning guys just not come back. 
or a lot of yeah that's what i meant to say but <laughs> not returning guys you had a lot of guys yeah, not you had a lot of guys you had a lot of turnover in the program yes. and that's not to say they didn't have really good players on the bench yep. ready to go we just haven't seen them yet so anytime there's a situation like this i'm always excited because you know it kind of gives the guys who are at school still a bit of a chip on their shoulder the Oh, man, why wouldn't they rank us so we're so much better than what they're saying we are? And it's not – people aren't saying they're bad. It's just saying we don't know what you are right now, and we're excited to find out. Don't get us wrong. But it's just a process of over time, after week one, the rankings are going to look way different. That's when it starts to be, okay, this team did well. This team did not do well. That's when it's more personal. (laughs) Here it's just a guess. That's all preseason stuff is. It's, you know, this kid might be good. This kid also might fail chemistry and not play. We don't know. We don't know what's going to go on. But that's the fun of it. That's why we love it. If a kid failing chemistry means he's not going to play, don't take chemistry is kind of my take mm. on, on that one. Yeah, There's a clip I was watching on Oklahoma's <clears throat> Twitter account where a senior pitcher named Braden Carmichael had the following quote. A lot of people say we lost a lot of guys last year, which we did, but we but we reloaded, right? And that to me is the <laughs> essence of a team like Oklahoma or like Texas, where the players on the team are aware what is going on. They are not oblivious to the fact that Ivan Melendez, one of the best hitters in the history of this conference, who carried Texas's offense on his enormous shoulders last year, has moved on. The kids at Texas know that. And there's probably no one on that team as good as Ivan Melendez, but there's probably a number of talented kids who will step up and take that spot because when you have a program like Texas, you just kind of trust that there is someone else waiting in the wings. Whereas, you know, a a program with that, that doesn't have that amount of pedigree, there's a little bit more doubt involved. And, And I think that we trust that Texas and Oklahoma will be pretty solid in 2023. Something I'm thinking about for this conference is that they have not had the national champion since 2005, okay? That's nuts, right? Yeah, and and also, we just mentioned, it's not like Texas and Oklahoma didn't feel like they could have won it last year. Like, they came in as looking as as good as any, and we were feeling good about both of those teams, and, you know, (laughs) SEC just keeps winning. So, I don't really know uh, exactly what, uh, but 2005, so that was Texas, or who, who won that year? That was Texas. Texas. Yeah. Um, and I know it feels weird that it's been so long for, for Texas as, as such a storied program. But, yeah, that's a good point. It does feel like – and especially now when you come into the season and you you think, okay, well, the two ones who were in Omaha last year are maybe not ranked to start the year. Maybe they have more more to figure out. So then who is it? Who is the team this year that, that could be – could finally break that streak? And, you know, Oklahoma State is the highest ranked, and they, they do have some, some bigger names coming back, you know, like Rock Reggio and Nolan McClain. We'll get to them. But – yeah, it's a good point for, for a conference that is, is you know, it is a Power Five for a reason. These are extremely big, famous schools with famous baseball players. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I just want to give, I want to give someone, people some, some background into us podcasting with Steve, is that when we look at him on the Zoom, all right, this is real. This is all, <laughs> keep this in, Jake, keep this in. When we look at Steve, I can never tell if he is like ready to launch like one of the funniest things I've ever heard 
or if he's listening to us and just there's nothing and it's like radio silence like it's basically like he's short circuiting and he has and, the, and he, there's nothing to deliver and that was one of those moments where i was like here comes steve oh nope he's nothing no sorry the, the thought just completely fleeted from my brain i had something to oh it it came back to me so i appreciate you taking the break but i was just gonna say on top of that these are historic programs that have they have the systems in place to develop guys and train guys. So obviously when guys leave their program that have been there for a number of years, they're going to have guys ready to reload as who, who said the reload quote uh, pitcher on Oklahoma pitcher on Oklahoma. <laughs> I like them that reloads got a dangerous connotation. And now I feel dangerous about their program. I'm excited about them. It's Plus like one shot, for Oklahoma. They shot once but they know there's another bullet in the chamber. They're going to reload that weapon and they're going to be ready to use that it. weapon is John Spikerman, which is a very <laughs> weapon sounding person. Um, also a dangerous connotation. Right there. <laughs> there you go. John Spikerman. Um, Spikerman. I hardly even know her. Man. Let's, let's talk. Good point. Let's talk uh, before we, uh, before we, we send it to our first break. I think we should talk about Oklahoma state because that was certainly a team that while they did come up short of Omaha last year, we were watching a lot of Cowboys baseball last year. And even, you know, the adjacent uh, connection, you know, Jake, you're wearing your Orioles hat today of Josh holiday and then, you know, his nephew, Jackson Holiday is, is like, associated with the program. Oh, is he? Nope, he's obviously number one pick. He's not coming to Oklahoma State. But, <laughs> but you know, there was a lot of just Oklahoma State was very, very, you know, front and center last year, all the way down to probably the most chaotic regional I've, I've ever watched, I think. I mean, there were, like, literally over 100 runs scored in those games. And so – It was the – Regional equivalent of like Shia LaBeouf or Lindsay Lohan. It was, what is this going to do next? Right? Yes. And so now Oklahoma State ultimately ended up not coming out on top uh, of their own of their own regional there. And so because of that, uh, we we are now left to wonder, okay, they they are probably pretty mad. They are probably pretty excited to have some of the main characters on their team coming back. I know they did well in the transfer portal well, but Jake, I know you think this program kind of emanates a very specific kind of energy. Yes, it does. It is <sighs> rural cool is kind of how I think about it. Like Rock Riggio to me exemplifies this where, you know, Stillwater, Oklahoma, not to throw shade at a lovely community, but it's a tiny place. There's not a whole lot to do in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I loved watching this regional and seeing the people pack that stadium was just jaw-dropping to me. Remember, this is the first or second most expensive stadium in college baseball. And it's in Oklahoma, in Stillwater. And when we think of these huge programs with these huge fan bases, obviously our mind goes to... The SEC in the South, right? They're packing like the dude or in Arkansas, like they're packing these places every night. And for Oklahoma to make that type of investment, Oklahoma State to make that type of investment in that program is really kind of wild to me. But watching that regional last year hit that home. And then the other thing about this program is that connection to professional baseball that Josh Holiday brings to the table. It feels like every year there's another pro, former pro player on their staff. And this year, there's another guy 
who played pro ball, who has joined Josh Holiday and Robin Ventura, former coach of the White Sox, who's like a, a graduate <laughs> assistant or some shit. Jordy Mercer. Mm. Jordy Mercer is going to be on the Cowboys staff this year, former Pirates and Nationals infielder. That's big time. Uh, Jordy Mercer. Also, that's that's big adding Jordy Mercer. I know Troy Tulowitzki no longer on the on the Texas staff. So, you know, you know we, we, we add uh, a former big league shortstop. They lose one. Maybe that gives the Cowboys the edge. Mm. Um, but that's funny. I, I wonder what the connection is there. But uh, did he did he go to Oklahoma State? I, I honestly have no idea where, where Jordy Mercer uh, came from. But I would imagine there's some sort of connection there. But all the former uh, big leaguers know each other. So, you know, I, I would not shock me that uh, that if he, he was, did. He did. He did okay. play there. So he yeah. is a he is a former third rounder in two thousand eight. So there you go. You bring Jordy Mercer back. Maybe we clean. I mean, now I'm feeling great about the infield defense. If at the very least, I feel like that could be improved. We know offense was not an issue for the Cowboys last year, so maybe we can clean up the fundamentals. Steve, do you have That's any kind of big picture? Steve, do you have any big picture thoughts on Oklahoma State or uh, or the Big Twelve <clears throat> in general before we move on? I kind of see them as like going to a cowboy rock concert, you know. That's that's kind of the vibe I get from the players from from just the way they perform. Like Rock Riggio looks like he'd be at a, a Kid Rock concert, and I mean that in the nicest and most like I'm holding him in a high regard when I say that. Just like they're they're guys who they can clean up when they need to, but they're gonna get down and dirty when they need to too. If they need to hit 30 home runs in one regional, they're going to do it. And they're going to wear their cowboy hats when they leave the damn field. All right? Oklahoma State is a jean jacket with the sleeves cut off. Yes. Oh, my good. Yep. And a motorcycle in the parking lot ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Only Harleys. The, The whole player lot, just all Harleys. I need Rock Riggio on a Harley. Yeah, I would I, love yeah. To know how do we what, get that to happen? I would love to nil deal, dude. These assumptions that is are. <laughs> that is the funniest nil deal ever. What we Harley it would be like it would be like in Super Smash Bros. Uh, baseball or Super Mario Baseball when you hit a home run with Wario and he pulls out like his uh his motorcycle and goes around the bases. Do you guys remember that I, animation? Yes, That's again, very was specific. Playing, but was playing that game recently, so you're on the, we're on the same page. Good, good, good. <laughs> But yeah, that would be sick. How how do we how do we make that happen? I, I email NIL deal with Monster Jam. Like, you just that... have to email Monster Jam NIL at monsterjam.com. Do I do I just send a piece of paper tape to a Mountain Dew to their headquarters? You, you <laughs> think we can make this work? You've got some pull there, uh, Steve. I I would not doubt your your ability to make this happen. So. Uh, there's your challenge uh, for the upcoming <laughs> state season. Uh, we are going to take a quick break uh, and we return. We will present our main characters for the Big 12 season as well as assign some superlatives. I'm going to go rip the sleeves off my jean jacket. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Shock Factor podcast, the biggest, twelvest conference of them all. This conference hates Stranger Things. Eleven can pound sand because twelve, twelve is where it's at. And speaking of characters, we're going to get into a couple right here 
on this podcast, college baseball is like a television program. You don't need to know every single person on every single team. Uh, and if you want to, just call Mike Rooney and he'll tell you who those people are. But uh, we are going to let you know who are the key figures, the main characters in this conference. And Stephen, Jerusalem, Bartholomew Shock, where would you like to begin? Jake, I don't even have a middle name. That, Wait, you don't you have a middle just, name? Yeah, you could have just paused and that would have been saying it, you know? Damn, so, no middle name. We're going to have to find one for you by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah and my social security number is... No, um, <laughs> but yeah, the first of the main characters... But I, I think before we even get into that, I want to say that point you made, Jake, it is like a TV show. And it's, one of the, it's like Family Guy where... You don't have to watch every episode. If you watch didn't watch last week's episode and you watch this week's episode, you're still gonna you're still gonna get it. It's still gonna make sense. It's not like you're missing a link. There the the high school relationship was not rekindled last week like it it you aren't missing anything. But one of the main characters to get into is Braden Taylor, the second baseman from TCU. Last season or well the thing I like about him is we know he's going to hit 14 home runs this season, and we know that because his sophomore year he hit 13, and the year before that, his freshman season, he hit 12. Mm. So this season I'm expecting we can 14. Count on that. If he, we can count yeah, on and if he, get, okay. if he gets drafted, he'll be hitting 15. And, you know, I think if he plays till he's 78, I believe, he will have the professional home run record at that rate. It'll happen way faster than that, but you get the That's joke. A good point. <laughs> I I you actually get, didn't get the get joke, the but I I still value you, and I still value you want me to, Taylor. I can break it down if you want. We can break count up from fifteen to seventy three. Yeah, it's it's a uh, y equals um fourteen. To the exclamation point power, mm. you add one each time. Oh, I yeah. see what you're. That's yeah, okay. probably not the correct. Equation. It's fine. Don't hurt it's yourself doing math, like Steve. It's, it's polynomials okay. are confusing. <laughs> I like Braden Taylor too. I'm curious what position Braden Taylor will be playing this year. You mentioned second base. That is where he was as a freshman. I know he mostly played third last year, and I know I think they wanted to play short this year. We'll see how much that holds up. I mean, this is an obvious one. He'll be a first round pick. Really good player. I think he might even hit more than 14 home runs. I know it's kind of bucking the trend, but I, I might think he's going to hit more than 14 home runs. It's not a little crazy. I'm also fine with that. Okay. I'm fine with that option. You're cool with that? Okay. Yeah. It's it, it's a minimum. He's going to do it at a minimum. I'll I go like with that. that. Uh, yeah. Jake, give us a main character. I will go with Nolan McClain. Mm-hmm. Nolan McClain, a two-way – basically, he's like, okay, what if Shohei Otani – was like I want to go to Oklahoma State and it's just not like play. It's like the same professional thing. baseball. I yeah. mean, it's the closest thing we have. It's like Nolan McClain does it all. He hits, he closes, I believe. Mm. Otani doesn't do that. He, Otani could never do that. Nolan McClain also fills the hearts of Oklahomans, something that Shohei Otani has never done because McClain, who is maybe the best athlete in college baseball. Uh, forwent, forgot, foregoned uh, so his ability to sign with the Baltimore Orioles in last year's draft to return to Oklahoma State for another season. And while his 
professional future is clouded in his ability, I guess his inability to start and his ability to make contact. At the college level, Nolan McClain is a capital M, capital O, capital T motherfucker. I would say that the Otani comps are obviously ridiculous because that is disrespectful to the greatest baseball player we've ever seen. But uh, in addition to hit Otani not closing, I'm not sure Otani's ever been to Oklahoma. That's probably a state I would say he's probably not stepped foot in at any point since coming over um, from Japan. So McLean's got that ahead of him. And the, while the comparison that I do actually think is at least marginally realistic because just calling a two-way player Otani is really stupid. But what yes. Nolan McLean does have is insane tools on both sides to where it is like Otani in the sense that he can hit the ball farther than almost any other player in college baseball. And he can throw the ball almost as hard as any uh, pitcher, you know, in, in base in college baseball. And that, that like those pure overall ability. I mean, he was striking out, he struck out 107 <laughs> times last year. Like the strikeouts were totally out of control. Um, and, you know, his ERA was four, nine, seven, right? So like for you, pure performance wise, I think it's a little goofy to call him that, but I totally agree about the tools. And as far as just pure excitement, there's very few players I'd rather just tune in to watch than Nolan McClain. So I'm totally with you on that. I, I think you guys are missing one of the key main points about what makes Nolan McClain great. Mm -hmm. And that is the fact that he is the winner of the most looks like a cowboy on Oklahoma State. Um, the award I just made up after seeing a picture of him in a cowboy hat. It is now confirmed. It's He, he just looks like a cowboy. He hit 19 bombs. How can you root against that? Like it's the all funny brand. thing. The funny thing about him looking the most like a cowboy is that he's from North Carolina. You know, but I feel like it fits more than like, I mean, Rock Riggio. Let's just talk about Rock Riggio now while we're on Oklahoma State. So Rock Riggio last year, one of the most exciting freshmen in the country. Now he's from like L.A., um, but he has fit right in. And when your name Rock Riggio, you better be a showman, and he is exactly that. He gave us what the the home run sprints, the uh, <laughs> which is not something we necessarily had seen a lot of uh, in recent years. Uh, you know, the reverse of taking fifty seconds to get around the bases, he got around them in, in fifteen. Um, but yeah, he's he's delightful and just super fun, especially for someone who's what five nine, five eight. Um, but he's gonna hit a, uh, a ton of homers this year, and he's he is a delight to watch for sure. I know you love. On his player page, it says that he would buy his dad a car if he won the lottery. Well, Mr. Riggio, uh, just wait another year or two, and I, I feel good that your son will be able to afford uh, a vehicle for you uh, upon uh, entering professional what, baseball. What kind of car you think he's going to get? Ooh. Ford Fiesta? Good, good mm -hmm. gas mileage. Seems that is such a funny bit, right? Like, you win the lottery and you just get your dad, like, a shitty beater. Just, like, get him, like, <laughs> like I got you a car. That's I didn't say what I was gonna get you. Dad, no, that's, that's, Dad that's you're not gonna believe it. You know how you have that little statue of the stingray that you've always been dreaming of. Well, this Civic has a spoiler, and it's all yours. All right, <laughs> I, I know I got a hundred million, but um, I I want to <laughs> let me wrap up Oklahoma State here. Um, I know we talked about Josh Holiday. If you want to add on him too. They have some really interesting transfers. Jerron Watts-Brown, who's going to be one of their top pitchers. He comes over uh, from Long Beach State. He's very exciting. But the guy I'm most excited about is, is Bo Sylvester. 
This is a freshman from Hawaii. He was the best high school player in Hawaii, originally committed to Washington, and then when they changed coaches, he switched over to Oklahoma State. And I'm most excited about him because he already just played in a summer league and was like one of the best hitters in the West Coast League. That's something we've seen with some other players in college baseball recently, Nick Madrigal, Michael Tolia, uh, Travis Bazana at Oregon State. These are guys that went to the West Coast League straight out of high school, which I think is extremely impressive before even playing college baseball. Dominant. Uh, it seems like Sylvester, who's a catcher, will probably DH um, to start, but Oklahoma State has a ton of new faces that I'm really excited about, and Bo Sylvester is probably top of the list. So wanted to mention him as a possible main character. Um, Steve, you, you got another one on here? Yeah, I was going to say with Bo Sylvester, that's that's one, and that's a fun name to say. Mm-hmm. Bo Sylvester, I could say that all day. But a little bit of a culture shock for him. I know he hasn't been to college yet, but going from Hawaii to Oklahoma, that is <laughs> – Two I mean, very, I, yeah. very different environments. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine <clears throat> anyone coming from Hawaii going most places in America, it's going to be pretty different. Yeah. But that is – you're right. Still water is probably I a just, little bit different. I, I just I just hope he didn't like seafood too much back home because um, it might be maybe, a little bit different in that stuff down there. Um, yeah. Bad roost trip. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, poke, then, the, the still water poke bowls are not exactly world famous. Yeah, still water and oh geez, not not a seafood town. But uh, Jalen Flores at Texas, I think he's going to be exciting to rock, to watch. He was a highly touted high school recruit, and you know our employers at Division One baseball say he's going to be a really good freshman. And I'm from the camp where what they say goes, and I believe them. So I think he's going to be fun to watch. He had two older brothers playing college, so he's a kid who's going to understand the process. He's going to get it when he's on campus. So I'm excited to see what he does. Jake, you got another main character for us? Yeah, sure. I can contribute. Uh, Josh Holliday, who was the coach at Oklahoma State. And this is a man whose arms were – he was born with his arms in the crossed position, Right. He always has them like up on the fence, right? Is with his chin up on his arms. He is a coachy coach, a coach that I would really love to play for. And he just has such a like he is going to be running this program for the next 30 years. And that is part of what I find really interesting and impressive about a guy like that. Like he is in the place he wants to be, and he's going to be there until he like physically cannot coach Oklahoma State anymore. It, it's also cool because I don't know how much Matt Holiday is going to be around that team this year. Um, but, you know, Matt Holiday was a very famous major league player, right, for a long time. But now, because of what you're describing, he has the opportunity to be the more relevant Holiday in baseball for a very long time. Now, I know we also have Jackson Holiday coming into to, to the pro ranks, and we'll be talking about him plenty. But I think that that's also cool because right as, you know, Matt Holliday is, you know, kind of retired and, and moved on, it is now going to be his his program. He's going to be one of a, 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 a similarly famous Holiday. So I like that. That's a good one. Uh, Steve, you got any others? Um, Tanner Witt. Tanner Witt's a good one. I know someone else wrote him down on this list, but <laughs> I know about him so I can talk about him. I think he's going to bounce back pretty hard this year. He had 11 innings last year with – I think it was uh, – I'm reading off my notes on him right now, but I lost well, well, my Well, Steven, there's an important thing. He had you a 170 he, RA. You know why he threw 11 innings, right? Why is that? You tell me. What, what, what happens to pitchers oh, sometimes? No. What happens to pitchers oh, sometimes, no. Steven? 
Oh no! Pictures. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, happened. Tommy John. Yeah, the old, the old Thomas but Johnson before. But the good news, and the reason why he's still on this list, something to watch, because he may be back in time by the end of this season, and it will be fascinating to see if he chooses to pitch, if the team chooses to use him, um, because talent-wise, this dude's a first-round pick lock, right for sure. And in theory. Uh, Tommy John during or before your sophomore season is like the best time to have it, but he got a little bit later than, than, you know, you would maybe like, so he'll be back. I think he'll be ready to roll by the end of the year, but I'm curious to see how much he's going to be pitching. But if he does, I mean, he's, he is as exciting as it gets, uh, just pure arm talent wise. So that's why he's on this list. You know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for the guys who's sophomore year of college and like, the years 2008 to about 2015 who had to get Tommy John and it like severely tanked their draft stock. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the narrative is like, no, nah, it's a good thing. Cause they probably need it anyway. You got a fresh <laughs> one in there. It's like getting a new transmission in a used car before like, it's and a now good, everyone's like, oh shit, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, well, I, it, well, right. I, I think calling it a good thing is maybe a stretch, but you're, you are, you are definitely right about that. Like, the, the narrative has changed. It is no longer a scary thing at all. It's just especially for to pro teams. It's just like, sure, all right, you got it out of the way. All right, cool. Now we hopefully won't have to think about that as much. And that is a yeah, weird way to think about that. Um, I would say it's not a good thing, but the people in charge think less negatively about it now. But, is the way but to your point, dude, if you're Tanner Witt, you're not it's not like you're happy to be on the freaking bench for Omaha last oh, year because you got surgery. Crap. Like that's the thing. Like these are real experiences for the kids that do get this in college. In Pro Ball, I mean it's happened to guys in Pro Ball, it's, it's a little bit different. Lower six, not that they don't care too that they're missing time and especially if they've already been at the big league level. But I think that's a great point. Like it they are because especially for Tanner Witt, who is still probably gonna get drafted and paid after this year, like he missed out on a lot of time pitching for the Texas Longhorns, and that sucks. So I think that is a, a very fair thing uh, to bring up um so i'm glad you mentioned that steve let's yeah. move on to our superlatives open the yearbook and take a peek and we're going to begin with the best slogan okay we did this last week we had a long conversation in the acc about wake forest attempting to make them feel you there was this runner-up uh slogan in that conference mm-hmm. that i wanted to mention which is pit being hashtag gritsburg which i quite like um, but for those of you unaware and confused about what I'm talking about, basically we want to rank or not rank, but we want to highlight some of the good Twitter slogans that these programs have brought to the table. So I have actually all nine of the big 12s. God damn it. It's not the right number. All nine of the big 12s <laughs> hashtags in front of me. Two of them are good and seven of them suck. So I'm going to say the two that I like, and then I'm going to offer up new ones for the seven that I think suck. Are you guys ready? What that was incredible suspension, Jake. Uh, Steve, it's not just you, it's both of us. Oh, you're back. Okay, cool, cool. You're back. You're back. Jake's back. You cut out for like 10 seconds. You, you said, Okay, ready? Yeah, you, you I know. Just intro it again. Okay. I don't need to intro it in. Yeah, I have my own audio. I'm fine. Cool. Okay. Let's start off with the two that I really like TCU is hashtag frogball USA. Okay. I love ones that kind of. Well, this one's weird. Frog Ball USA. 
Yeah. See, I like when it's like blank, blank USA. You're kind of like establishing like a location, like you're kind of proud of where you are and you have a, but frog ball is not a place. Frog ball is not a, for you is a thing or is it a state of being? Is it like a mindset? That part's a, yeah. so that, that, that I would say that is a little confusing, but I do like it. Because when you I hear would, frog ball, you think T. When I think of frogs, I think of TC. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm not in that sense. It fits them. I'm just saying that using the USA part there is a little weird to me. What, Steve, do you like that I, one? I I think it's interesting. I would like it more if it were just frog ball. Adding USA at the end, I don't know why, makes it feel like something you'd see at it on a T-shirt at Old Navy. <laughs> so okay. I think just frog ball would get me going. That would get my giblets a little bit more jibbled. Uh, well, than... to Jake's point, right? It could just be hashtag frog ball. That's great. That no one. I else... think Steve yeah. just hates America, Oklahoma. No, no. <laughs> what my opponents are saying about me in the polls is not true. That's not what the polls are for. Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't understand is politics. Hashtag chaos with O U. So it is. Hashtag capital C H A capital O U S chaos. I mean, Chaos. I mean, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I love this. What I do like about this is it is, is that it sucks. Is it's very bad, but in very forced in a very bizarre way. But it does seem to kind of suggest a style of play, right? Which again, we didn't mention main characters, but John Spikerman is he is <laughs> he is bringing the chaos. Um, it's, but otherwise, I, I just, bad. I don't like this. <laughs> that's not how you spell the word. Um, uh, if you want to do that, there's this word. It's preposterous. Um, oh, you got an OU there. You don't even have to add a U. But no, I'm <laughs> I'm for it. It's fun. It's still fun. Wait, so these wow, are, those no. are the two that you like the most, Jake? Yeah, it's a tough scene here. Oh, boy. Oh, okay, no. all right. So let's roll through the rest the, of them. That's the floor. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just run through the ones I hate and then offer you my my edit. Okay. Oh, okay. Oklahoma State is hashtag our standard, which is just eye-rolly and lame as hell. Everybody. <laughs> West Virginia agreed. is hashtag hail WV. It's like, okay. Boring. Right. Fine. Texas Tech is hashtag Reckham, which is just their thing that they say. Now, I... Have no issue with that. I would just prefer a baseball-specific one, right? And that is the case with Texas, which is hashtag hook'em, and Kansas, which is hashtag rock chalk. Right? Agreed. These are just yep. the school's sayings. Yep. Kansas State has the worst one I've ever seen, which is simply hashtag K-State BSB. And they use it for every single one, every tweet. Yeah, Steve? Can I suggest a better one for Kansas State? I know you're suggesting recommendations. When we get end, when we but... get to it. When we get okay. to it. Okay. Okay. Just just remind me that I have one. I will. And then last, Baylor is hashtag sickem, as in like get him. Like that bear should the go same get thing. them. Same thing as the other ones. This is just what they Whatever. say. Here are my edits, okay? Oklahoma State should be hashtag nice poke. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm in. Like a poke is in a hit and poke is in... They don't over-explain it. We, we got it. Keep, right. keep going. Yep. Thank you. West Virgin Virginia should be hashtag mount up. Nice. <laughs> mm. 
regulators is what you're saying yes <laughs> okay yeah now Hashtag i do like no, no. that that is more of a play on the again like if we're gonna do something baseball specific that one so it's still better than hail wv i agree yeah texas tech is hashtag way outside the idea here is that lubbock is fucking way outside <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's not a good thing in baseball we don't <laughs> I mean, I know they, they're pitching, you know, struggled at times last year, but, you know, way outside. Yeah, I guess outside. you don't want to be way outside. All right. Forget that one. They can keep Reckham. Texas. So, um, Hook'em is good, but this one is more about on the recruiting trail, and it's hashtag let's hook up. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think Hook'em is kind of tried and true. I, I don't know if we really want to mess with that one. Yeah, I... I don't know. I think that would start a war in Texas if he did that. Okay, you fine. Uh, Kansas State, which I'll do mine first, Steve, and then you can go. Mine is hashtag catting around. Mm, okay. All that, right. I like that one. That that might be your best edit yet, I would say. I do like Mount Up, but that one has a, you know, cat and bat. And I, we're, yeah. we're working with something there. My, my added suggestions for Kansas – Unfortunately, not Kansas Oh, not State. Kansas State. So, mm, yeah, okay, so no, I realized that. I know I said it was for Kansas State. Then you said yours, and I was like, oh, this would not make sense, which if we get to Kansas, I can. Now we're at Kansas. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, this is why it wouldn't make sense. My proposed hashtag is squaw! <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> what? How, how do you spell that? Like a that? bird sound. How do you spell that? S-Q-U-A-W. You can add a K if you want to get aggressive. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Something like that. I, that's, okay. Is that what a Jayhawk sounds like? I guess so. A Jayhawk is not a real Never talk animal. to him. Well, that's, but now we know. But this is the thing. We're kind of adding to the lore. But when you read it, now you start to understand. Okay, that's good. Well, it is Jayhawks are made up. We could They're not made up. There. So a Jayhawk, I did background research on all this. Extent. You know how there are all these mascots who we are changing now for good reason because they're uh, related to the civil, the South and the Civil War, and it's like yeah. you lost, like you lost the war, so we're going to change your name now. The yeah, Jayhawks are the opposite; names. they're the opposite. Jayhawks were a, uh, a guerrilla battalion that fought against slavery in Kansas, and they named the school mascot after them. So there's okay. something that you didn't know. My uh, edit for Kansas is hashtag College Hawkey. The idea like a Jayhawk, <laughs> and it's a reference to the movie Miracle, College Hockey, H-A-W-K-E-Y. It, it's great. Again, what is, why does that, how, why is the baseball team using this? I came up with this idea, and I, I, I needed to You couldn't let go. You're like, I don't do I a hockey podcast where I vaguely yeah. talk about Kansas. I must share this with the world. I am not going to let this rattle around in my brain yeah. for the rest of my life. And then yeah, my last my, one is, is do you have one, do you have another one for Kansas? No, 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 no. All you, all you. My last one is for Baylor. Now, Baylor is a new coach, and they were pretty terrible last year, and they're going to be pretty bad this year, I think. And so they need to create a new identity, right? They do. And so their hashtag is going to be, hashtag fuck you, we ball. <laughs> and I think that that's the type of thing that would attract a lot of national attention and get some recruits out. If every game their hands in hashtag or just go, fuck you, we ball. Now, the problem is they might mm. win like 11 games mm. this year. Yeah. And so they might not ball. 
Um, but yeah, hashtag fuck you, we ball. Has nothing to do with Baylor, but that's my that's my idea. It what does about kind fuck of, you, yeah. we trying to ball? Mm, we, so a little bit longer, but then like, if you get if you get beat, can't really be used against you because it's like we still tried. All right, right. It's effort based. Yeah, it's well, like people are mean to you on Twitter, like oh fuck you, we try to ball, right? It's like did I not try? Was I yeah. not sweating? Well, this goes back to the start of the pod, right? You know, under promise, over deliver. We don't necessarily yeah. want to guarantee that we will be balling, but <laughs> there's a scenario where that is the outcome. How about honestly, they could keep fucking we ball or the fuck you we ball because the whole conference is built on lies and they can lie. It's okay like to that. lie. There's precedent. How about hashtag <laughs> bury you alive? Mm. Mm, okay it's a little a little grim hashtag buried at first sight <laughs> oh my god um all right so that's where we're at i guess for the big nine it's pretty underwhelming i'm so excited for our non-power five preview there's just so many good ones you want to talk there. about chaos it's gonna be that it's gonna be what that whole episode chaos. is gonna be chaos. 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 See, see, that's why it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Sorry. Chaos. Um, that's bizarre. I feel like Oklahoma could do better than that. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, our next uh, superlative is the unfinished business uh, champions. Who is the team uh, or player that has the most unfinished business coming into 2023? I, we already talked about it. It's Nolan McClain, and he's the answer because he is the exact example of he is like just checks so many unfinished business boxes, not only with how their team season ended, but with how he chose to return to Oklahoma instead of starting his professional career and in his Instagram post thanking the Orioles for drafting him, but saying he's going back to Oklahoma state. He dropped the hashtag unfinished business. This is not complicated is the obvious answer. It would have been my answer before Nolan McClain posted on Instagram. And now it is my answer without even a question. So I do any, I mean, sure. Oklahoma and Texas were in Omaha and did win, but like, come on, this is easily Oklahoma state. Yeah. I wanted to point out that Oklahoma's Twitter has never even once mentioned unfinished business. Which makes me think they're always complete. They're always done. You know, it's like they hit the deadline and it's like when you're writing a paper in college, you're like, eh, I could spend another day writing it and finish, take the 10% hit. Or I could just turn it in now. A few pages short. It's whatever. We're finished though. And you still turn it in and go out with your buddies because it's the weekend. But it's just one of those situations which define finished. And I mean, we'll I think, have a better answer. I think we're going to be trying to figure that out uh, for the rest of the history of this podcast. All right, next category uh, for you, former college baseball players. Which coach would you most want to play for? Jake, you already said Josh Holiday fits this description. Uh, Steve, uh, who is your answer in this conference? Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of split between Skip Johnson and Randy Maisie. I like Randy Maisie because. There's a clip of him, I think it was last year, talking about how the season should be played from like April to July. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a sick proposal. But to have a coach thinking innovatively of ways to essentially say, hey, I don't want to play in the damn cold anymore. 
but I'm in West Virginia and none of the Florida schools are hiring right now. And I want to keep representing this university. So can we please move this season so I can feel my damn toes? My it's toe fun. beans are frostbitten every Friday night. That's a Hashtag great point, Steve. <laughs> there was a video of them practicing in like balaclavas and like in the snow. And I was like, that's got to suck. Yeah, yeah, turf fields in your brain. When you're a high school recruit, it's like, oh, this is sick. It's a turf field. Always going to get good hops. It's manicured the same all the time. You don't realize it's there because it's going to be covered in snow all winter, and it's going to trick you into still practicing. That's that's what a turf field in college baseball really is. Uh, but Jake, um, Jake, I like the coach, though. Okay, so Rick Maisie's, cool. that's a, no, that's a great answer, Steve. Uh, Jake, you should take yeah, Josh Holiday, or you have any other shout-outs? Uh, I'm going to stick with Josh Holiday and, of course, Jordy Mercer. <laughs> and Jordy Mercer, yeah. Um, all right. Next up, we have the award for the oldest boy, not seriously, but brought to you by AARP. Oldest player in this conference that I could find is a right-handed pitcher by the name of Colin Baumgartner, who started his career at Southern Illinois Edwardsville and uh, has since, I believe he missed an entire season uh, due to injury in 2021, but came back last year, uh, pitched uh, for SIUE, and he throws really hard, and he still has eligibility, of course, and he's 24 years old. He turns 25 in September, and he's going to be playing college baseball this year for your Kansas Jayhawks. Does he have another year after this? Does he have another year after this? Uh, yeah, I believe he does. But I also believe that he will be drafted this year in like the eighth round. So I don't think that will be uh, an issue for, for Colin. He needs, to, he needs to really think about this. He could go get drafted, play professional baseball, make some money. Or he could come back and get mentioned again next year as the <laughs> oldest boy. The first back-to-back <laughs> oldest boy on this podcast. I think that's a class got to be tempting for him. Not, not to say that means something, but he's going to be thinking about it heavily. Probably maybe the money will probably be similar. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially rounder. Not he's probably not signing for a huge bonus. Um, but hey, also maybe we make some gains and minor leaguers are being paid a little bit more. So it's going to be a close call. It's going to be close. It's a great point. Back to back oldest boy would be how much. How much did the Atlantic Ocean pay us last uh, last week for uh, for the sponsorship? Oh, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think we're still trying we to figure out in. what currency they're going to be uh, delivering for that sponsorship. Um, but once we figure that out, I think we'll have a kind of a better sense for how, how valuable that is. Um, okay. uh, we have two more awards. Uh, the last one, uh, or, or sorry, the penultimate one is the culture shock factor award with so many transfers. There are guys going from, from one school to another. There are so many different transfers and we wanted to uh, give an award out for the, the incoming transfer coming from the most different school into the big 12. Uh, a couple of candidates, for this one this year, guys, uh, another guy at Kansas, and that's Cole Elvis, also pretty old. I believe he's 23, catcher from Cal. Uh, going from Berkeley to Lawrence, Kansas, I have to imagine is, a, is in a bit of an adjustment, um, but he's going to make it. He's going to figure it out. Cole Elvis, I have I have faith uh, I have faith in Cole Elvis to, to, to find his way around Lawrence, Kansas. He is in Kansas anymore. He is in, in Kansas more than he was before. <laughs> um, the other one I thought was interesting is an outfielder named Nolan Hester, 
who is from Texas, but going from Wofford to Texas Tech, I have to imagine, you know, academically is probably a little bit of an adjustment, but in a good way, if you want to have less homework to do. Um, so <laughs> shouts out to Nolan Hester for probably uh, very good way <laughs> for probably having less homework to do. Uh, Jake, why don't you finish us off with the award for best major and why we do this award? So they are students, kind of, <laughs> some of them. And we want to highlight who those people are. And not every team puts up all of their info. As Some, it's harder to find the majors. And so I am going with a gentleman by the name of Raphael Pelletier, a position player on the Kansas State Wildcats. Now, why is, am I picking him? His major is Spanish. Mm. Now, that's on his own is not interesting. You know, it is certainly not communications or business communications or sports management or, you know, one of the other general studies that we get here, business, you know, it is a little different, but why it stood out to me is that Raphael Pelletier is from Quebec. And so Raphael Pelletier almost certainly speaks French. And so this dude got to college and was like, I need myself a third language. Let's go. He's got big Abraham Toro energy. I love this. This is These are the kinds of players that will either be very popular uh, in professional baseball because they could be friends with everybody or coaching, right? I mean, think about all the different places that this guy can, can coach baseball in the right. future. Now, when we are in uh, Round Rock for the mm. – series with LSU, K-State, Iowa, and Sam Houston. I would like to play a game with Mr. Peltier where he says a word and Steve has to guess English, French, or Spanish. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah? We'll see about that. That's too easy. <laughs> too easy. Steve, do you know more French or more Spanish? More Spanish, definitely. Well, we'll you see. speak Spanish? I, I, know a, I, I know a little bit. I know a good bit. Like... If we're having a normal conversation, not about the complex topics of dark, deep matter in space that I'm normally having in my everyday life with my scientist friends, then I can do it in Spanish. Um, but when I get into those complex topics about, you know, mm. finding, finding cures to all the world's diseases mm. and solving world hunger, the, the normal conversations I'm having... I can't do in English or in Spanish. I see. You can Almost do those. got my right. secret out. Those are your, that's like kind of where you draw the line. And like, I, that makes sense. I would like to yeah. see Rafael Pelletier and Steve have a conversation in Spanish. If Steve does, <laughs> is as he claims, uh, fluent in the language, then let's put it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no one's throwing around the F word here. All right. Okay. We're, we're all just talking, chatting. I can kind of do it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, we, uh, Steve, you've got, um, <laughs> you got about two weeks to polish up, uh, your Spanish, uh, your, the, the, the gauntlet has been thrown. You will now have to figure out how to have a conversation with Raphael and Raphael, if you're listening, you also can prepare for your Spanish, French, English quiz with Steve, uh, which we will hopefully deliver at some point Just during the round rock classic. Yeah, just if uh, if our SEC preview is sponsored by Rosetta Stone, just mind your damn business, all right? <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, we'll end it here. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of The Shock Factor. 
We hope we have effectively previewed the Big Nine Conference for you. Uh, We will be back with another conference preview episode in the very near future. But until then, make sure you are rating and reviewing uh, our new podcast. We have our own podcast feed now, so that's pretty cool. So definitely check that out. Tell all your college baseball friends about it. And we will we'll be uh, we'll be back soon. Opening day coming up, so we got more of these previews coming out. Talk soon. Say bye, Steve. Bye. Bye, bye, bye everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. If you want to tell me how I did, I do like scouting reports. So if I was bad, you can tell me. It'll hurt my feelings, but I'll live. If I did good, you can also tell me, and I'll feel good about myself. So I mean, you live your life how you want to, but please listen in. Because college baseball, it's just rapidly approaching, and we must be ready. If we aren't, if we aren't prepared to handle this, then I don't know what's going to happen to our civilization. So, be on ready. The, on that note, goodbye. Thank you, Steve.